podcast about The Office. Well, we need to talk about The Office, and we're talking about it with different perspectives and looking back and not going through the episode. If this is your first episode, I think that you're all caught up now. The podcast will begin. I'm Addie. I'm Nathan. And we're the experts. We're certainly here talking. We're the we're the fans. Yeah, and the fans are the experts. It's quite literally a drug, The Office. Makes you watch faster. <laughs> you should have listened to our podcast in the 80s. We yeah. went through, the, like, we moved things. Yeah, we said so many words. So this episode is called Hot Girl. And this is the season one finale. I can't believe it. Yeah, short season. Yeah. This was, you know, a mid-season pickup or something. So there's only six episodes. Parks and Rec did something similar. Just a, like a, a little bit, and then they got their groove, and they're heading on. But unlike Parks and Rec, this show has an episode called Hot Girl. Yes, and I know you've been excited about this episode for a while. I think this is the official start of season two in terms of quality. Yeah, I'm excited about this one, too. So this episode, I'm going to read the description of it that came on Wikipedia. It came out April 26th, 2005. In this episode, Michael allows an attractive salesperson to sell her purses in the office, catching the eye of almost every male in the office. Meanwhile, Pam and Jim use the situation to play yet another prank on Dwight. Hmm. That wasn't a very good episode description. Yeah, that was not good at all. Anyway, there's other things. Amy Adams is there. That's the guest. It actually did say that, but I didn't say it. And there's a whole coffee thing happening. A lot of coffee. Yeah, there's a lot of coffee and a lot of competition. There's a... That's true, right? Yeah. That's a theme. Mm-hmm. This episode has themes happening. And great Scott productions. productions. This episode was written by a consulting producer, Mindy Kaling, marking her first writing credit for the series. Yay. And the episode was directed by Amy Heckerling, her only directing credit for the series. Oh. Oh, I guess she didn't have a very good career, did she? No. Or maybe she did she move on somewhere? No, but she had a great career before this. Oh, what did she do? Let me lay it out for you. She's a writer-director for Look Who's Talking. It was the babies. Yeah. And Look Who's Talking 2. Two babies. Oh, my God. I remember those. And Clueless. Oh, Clueless. I like Clueless. She was the director of Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Which I feel like is really speaks to the sexism of the film industry that I didn't know that, but I knew Cameron Crowe wrote it. I just assumed he directed it. Oh, interesting. Because that was his first movie. You know, Almost Famous Guy? Mm-hmm. Uh, National Lampoon's European Vacation. Never saw it. No. A Night at the Roxbury. Uncredited. Probably because she took her name off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Loser. The movie know, where Loser. Jason Biggs wears a winter hat. I've never seen it. Oh. And she also directed several episodes of The Carrie Diaries, which is the prequel series on the cw i think to sex, sex in the, in the city. city oh my god have we talked about sex in the city no never i love sex in the city me too we should do a side podcast about sex in the city <laughs> who are you which character i'm i don't know who are you well i've taken the quiz before i really oh. wanted to be um miranda but i think i'm a carrie oh yeah i think i'm probably a carrie too yeah, I think you are. Probably one of her boyfriends. <laughs> no, You're big. I'm a carry. 
You're totally big. I'm not big. That guy sucks. He's the Roy he of really sex does. in the city. He really does. He's the Roy of sex. Oh my god. On my old podcast blowing up, we always talked about writing a new episode of Sex in the City and then acting it out like a, oh my god, like a radio drama. Oh, and that would, would like, be amazing. We put in all like the puns and and the transitions. <laughs> While Carrie was enjoying her brunch, Samantha was having a man brunch on her <laughs> something like that anyway <laughs> and then like uh carrie bradshaw's voiceover always like oh and then i was just thinking about how we interact with blah 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 yeah, i'm like yeah. dude that's not i wouldn't read your call i'm sorry it, uh in in this Actually, age I would. of i would it would be a guilty pleasure in the yeah because it would be like for you know like modern times yeah oh yeah in in this stage of of online app dating are we swipe which way is it swiping left is that good swiping right is good oh are we swiping left on monogamy <laughs> yeah Something that, like that you know oh my god actually see, i think you be i got see. i got it <laughs> <laughs> you're you're a regular amy hackleburden or whatever <laughs> anyway so back to the office what do we think about this episode i'll let you go first since my views are widely known I liked this episode. I don't think I like it as much as healthcare. I think oh. it's I think it's interesting that um when you add another character that hasn't been on the show before and who isn't a regular character um to see how the dynamics change because it's kind of throwing a curveball. Yeah, it kind of takes everyone out of their stupor. Mhm. And they all have to react. Mhm. And that's how they build the um, characters in this episode is how do they react to this situation? So that would be a good way to look at each character. This how time. do they react to Katie? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a Person. given, but yeah, but like that would be a good way to kind of ask Gauge, the question yeah. for each character. Mm -hmm. Just to start off with some trivia or things like that. The Starbucks digital barista. I don't know what that is, but I found something that looks like it could be it. The Seiko Starbucks Barista Italia Automatic Espresso Coffee Machine. How much does it cost? $410. No, what are you thinking? It's a good deal. But you also have to pay $35 in shipping. But it's no thousand big ones. Yeah, but do you think back in 2005 it might have been? I don't know. Like The price that Jan tells Michael he can pick is $1,000. And then the coffee maker also costs uh, perfectly $1,000. I feel like he pocketed that change. <laughs> Yeah, that could be true. Also, coffee maker is the worst gift. Well, I guess it's not the worst, but he's only doing it because Amy Adams just wanted a cup of coffee. The worst. She accepted a cup of coffee. I mean, yeah, I guess she did ask when he offered, but oh my God. Do you know who Doris Roberts is? Uh, the mom on Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah. Do you know where she likes to eat? in phoenix when she's in phoenix is nowadays a, is this a true article from the magazine the in-flight magazine or or did you just google where does doris robert roberts eat in phoenix well because this is you know old so maybe those places are closed but you know where she likes to eat now chilies i uh, know where she's dead she died in 2016 oh my god hope she's hope her family's not listening <laughs> if, if there's any roberts out there listening to this you might be distantly related to Doris Roberts. It's true. Did you know Julia Roberts is actually her niece? Whoa. Yeah. No, I'm and kidding. It's not. That's Julia not Roberts' niece is an actress, though. 
Uh, yeah. What is her name? I don't know. But she's... She was in a show and her name was Addie in the show. Oh, that's your name. Like a Nickelodeon show or something. Maybe that was her Nickelodeon name and her real name was longer. It was Adeline. Possibly. Is, is that your full name? No, no, no. Everybody always gets dis... It's like I'm disappointing people when I tell them that my name is just Addie. Oh, well, my name's just Nathan. It's not Nathaniel. Oh, I guess that's true. Or Nathaniel Annual. <laughs> Or Jimothy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So much to talk about. Do you have any good quotes from this episode? This is a section called, You Miss 100% of the Shots You Don't Take, Michael Jordan, Michael Scott. <laughs> uh, yeah. Or I... Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. Wayne Gre- <laughs> Not to be confused. Yeah, I really liked the part where they're cleaning out the car and they find the night swept. It's like, oh, my Draco Noir. No, it's, it says night swept from Rite Aid. It's a perfect smell alike. I'm not paying for the label. <laughs> That's probably my favorite quote um, from this episode. You uh, know, Drekker Noir means night swept in English. Oh, really? It actually means black dragon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was like, makes so much sense. You know, f- film noir means film swept. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it just meant, I thought noir was black. Yeah. Okay. It is. But Drakkar is dragon, I think. I did a cursory internet search. A cursor <laughs> with my with my cursor. <laughs> I like gotta love the bucks. Yeah, the bucks. Also, side note, I don't like Starbucks. Really? I don't think it's that good of coffee. I think I'm only saying that coming from um like a Washington mm-hmm. uh coffee snobs point of view, but not good. What do you got? Any other quotes? I loved the part. This was also when they were cleaning out the car, but the Gatorade. Yeah. Um. The blue, blue <laughs> Arctic. Wait, what did he say? Blue blast. Yeah. Blue, what flavor is it? Blue. That's not a flavor. Yeah. Oh, blue blast. Oh, blue blast. I love blue blast. Like I've seen this uh meme on the internet that is like anybody who calls Gatorade flavors by their actual names uh-huh. is a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> like the the flavors are blue, yellow. Yeah red like don't call it by its regular name like i don't know my favorite gatorade though is purple but i say grape sometimes but oh okay mm-hmm. i don't drink gatorade tastes too salty i don't like electrolytes <laughs> you know that was also one of my favorite quotes and it's like the reaction is so funny because he says blue's not a flavor like he's like sarcastic and cool for half a second and then he's like it says flavor blue blast and he's like oh blue blast like it <laughs> can't be cool Ryan can't help but be cool. But it's like it says flavor blue blast. Yeah, that's amazing. And then uh my other favorite quote was, Well, he's your work boss. He is not your relationship oh boss. Oh my gosh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> that is so cute. Oh, poor Dwight. That's what Jim says to Dwight when Dwight is worried about Michael taking, getting in on yeah. taking Katie. Okay, well let's jump right into the Finer Things Club where we talk about the fine stuff in this episode, all the fine work it did. And it did a lot of fine work. Sure did. What's something you really love about this episode? Mm, You know, I just like... I like seeing the reactions of people in the office of how they react to Katie being there. Because it's out of the ordinary. And also, I don't get why... Why is she selling purses at an office? Doesn't that seem odd to you? Yeah. The whole, like, premise of that is kind of like... It's a setup, I tells you. Yeah. (laughs) 
It is. It's only. It's a way to try to get a hot girl in the office. Oh, that should go in our section questions. Let's do that real quick. Okay, questions. So yeah, why is she selling purses in the office? I want. Why is she trying to sell a purse to Pam before Michael walks out? Like Michael says, get rid of her, but then he comes back out and they're already like she's describing the purse to Pam. Like Pam was oh, like, I'm yeah. sorry, because it's only a few seconds. She's like, I'm sorry, he said no, but let me, tell me about that purse. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of odd like. Like you said, it's like a setup because I mean, thinking about being a writer, how are you going to um, get her in the office? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I guess she could have been like, I mean, a a purse salesman sounds hot. She could have just been a like a new employee that started and quit because she was sexually harassed so much the first day. Constantly, yeah. But it's actually even better that she's not because she doesn't have anything to do there. Yeah. So it's not like she's trying to be trained on a job because she's not a permanent employee, as Michael turns out. She's not an employee at all. Yeah. And she knows that she's only going to be there for one day. So she can kind of, she doesn't have to be, you know, she doesn't have to put up with stuff, but she also is going to put up with it just so that she gets all the purses and get right. out of there. She's a little, a little flirty yeah. in some ways, which she doesn't yeah. need to be. Um, when Pam says there's going to be an HR meeting in the conference room, what, what does that mean? With whom? toby yeah Who's... just toby i guess i don't know <laughs> is, is it like an hr meeting with employees it's like another hr person coming that's unclear and mm-hmm. a great question maybe uh holly flax is stopping by because they're having it like and HR what if she, they had to have the meeting out in the hallway it's michael's future wife but he's preoccupied by this hot girl yeah and we don't get to see her no and neither is michael because they made him have the uh, meeting out in the hallway Although when Holly Flex does show up, it doesn't seem like she ever met them before. No. And then my other question was, how expensive are purses? And would people have this much money with them at the office? Like, do, cause, I, I mean, mean, how much money are purses? I don't know. I would say that those purses would probably be... I mean, if she's, if it's worth her time to sell them, they're probably around $40. But I thought that the purses, all of them, were super ugly. They looked eBay china worthy yeah. like they look like, like aliexpress they look like when you're in new york city and like there's just like dudes like along the street with a suitcase full of purses and they're like and they're just like knockoff versions of right you know like louis vuitton and stuff but these and, don't even look like they're knocking off something fashionable no i know like the beaded one i was like Ugh. yeah i would never carry that even though it's like a mini briefcase and gq <laughs> says i should <laughs> i carry a little little bag around a lot of the time because i'm like having a bunch of stuff in my pocket mm-hmm. and so i run into that a lot where uh at, you know like at the, the door when i go go into bars or whatever the door person will be like what's that and, and i'll be like they're like i gotta look in your bag i mean you know with the little, like, girls come in with purses oh so i'll just say and they're like what is that and i'll be like it's my purse so you're, and then you're, they'll be like okay so you're you feel <laughs> profiled sometimes and no then you... i just have to say it's my purse so that they don't think it's like a backpack oh because nice. like, well, I got like a little little pistol in there. Or like when you go on an airplane, you're like, um, it's just my personal item. It is my personal item. It's a personal item. Is that what purse is short for? Probably not. Personal item. But I, don't I think know. purse is also like money because they're like, like, like who controls the, the purse of like a yeah. kingdom or something. That's what yeah. Game of Thrones told me. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen those, um, those like magazine articles and stuff where it's like, Oh, this celebrity, what's in their purse? And then the, it's just like the little, you know, pictures like, oh, I have this kind of makeup and this little mirror. And like, oh, is that like what's 
what's in my bag? Is yeah. That, oh, so that's what that's a takeoff on? What's what's in my bag? What's in my bag is a YouTube show that Amiibo Records does where they get like musicians or people and they oh. and they let them and they show off like what records they bought at Amiibo. Oh yeah. But that's well, probably like the same kind of yeah, format. It's the, it's the same kind of thing, yeah. Oh, okay. That's cool. What's in my bag? What are my go to items? Yeah. Oh. Very cool. Okay. <laughs> well I thought purses were more expensive, but I'm glad to hear that they're not. And like forty dollars? You know, those people on the street are not hot, so they probably have a hard time selling purses on the street in New York, but yeah. this person, I mean, men are her best customers, and mm-hmm. men don't carry purses like that. Mm-hmm. That's true, except for Dwight, but he got tricked. <laughs> but let's jump right into finer things, because one of my favorite things is Sad Dwight, and oh, he shows up several times in this episode. I know, and it's so cute. It's, like, really touching to me. I don't know. The first one is like a micro sadness well i forget the order when jim says do you read gq and he goes no and i he know like, he looks ashamed for a second i know He's so cute it's so great like his look and his tone is just like it's you're right on. you're right i i'm not qualified to say that men don't wear purses yeah do you read gq no, no. like and then of course he does it when michael tells him He's going to give her a ride home, and even though he begs him, yeah, and he does like a sad thing. And then, lastly, when he asks her out, he does it for a second. Then he asks whether or not she meant, did she mean no to him talking talking to her in private or going out? Both. And and then he does a real sad Charlie Brown walk out of that room. (laughs) I know, Dwight. Yeah. Did you notice how Dwight has a checklist, and apparently Katie? hits all of the marks on his checklist but later on he has a different checklist and it includes like childbearing hips and like a certain height and like wide cheekbones or something really yeah because oh. he he says it about angela so maybe he changes his checklist um, based on whoever he's looking yeah. at yeah <laughs> yeah because <laughs> i mean yeah that makes sense well, that's actually all I have for that section. Do you have anything else for that one? No, I feel like we talked about the stuff we like before we got to the stuff we like. Right. So there's there's one other thing that I don't have a name, clever name for, but I just want to talk about some themes of this episode. Okay. So you kind of brought up it's people competing. Mm-hmm. Competition. Competition. Especially between the guys for the attention of the girl. Uh-huh. But also... Between... Um, Pam and uh, Katie. And also... Between... I don't know. <laughs> Jim and Roy. Oh, yeah. Jim and Roy. And also between filet fish and Arctic Chill. <laughs> you mean Blue Blast. But there's an unopened Arctic Chill. Oh, I yeah. Want, that I want needs to be in the, in the passenger seat. <laughs> the passenger's cup holder. How sad is that? That's cute. You're like, That's really oh, here's right home. By the way, help yourself to that Arctic Chill. And it's going to be hot. <laughs> oh, it's because of her. I th- yeah, oh he, wants it, he wants it in the passenger's cup I holder. Didn't even, I didn't, for some reason, I was like, maybe he just likes to have that like as a backup for his drink. But no, it's for Katie. Yeah, oh he's my like gosh. pointing like, I want that in the passenger's oh. cup holder. Oh, man. I wish Ryan would clean out my car. <laughs> find a lot of stuff in there. Do you have a checklist for what you're looking for in people? Um, I mean, I think it, it is kind of like Dwight. It, it changes a little bit, you know. Creamy skin. Yeah, creamy skin, definitely. 
you know, it's actually basically all of my characteristics are on my checklist. Oh. Yeah. Really? I'm not a big fan of myself. (laughs) (laughs) So everything, every opposite of your characteristic is on your checklist. Not the opposite, but not too similar to me either. Yeah, actually, I could. There's like more than enough me already in this house. All right. So should we go into, we got to make sure YouTube comes down to film this? Sure. Where we talk about the ways that the show is or is not like a documentary. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I think it's just a continuation. There's a lot of good glances at the camera. Katie even does some. Yeah. Which She's I think uh, is totally inexperienced. Yeah. Which I think is great because it would be weird coming in to sell purses at an office where they're doing a documentary. Be like, what? Why? Yeah. Yeah. The one thing I had for the documentary was they're following Michael and Katie, I think. Mm-hmm. And there's clearly another documentary person. Oh, because when they pa- go past the bathroom or something. When they yeah, when they go into the connection to the an- to the yeah. annex. But it's weird, is because when they, if you watch it, the the camera's behind them and they're about to walk into that door, and then they walk in. But it's not just like a TV show or a movie where the camera's already there. Mm-hmm. I mean, the camera is there, but it's looking at the coffee maker. Mm. And then when they walk in, it looks up to see them walking in so it's like there were two cameramen but the one in there didn't know they were about to walk in oh interesting maybe he was about to go get some coffee and he was just filming and then and they're like oh and then he just turns and then and then it films oh, them so i thought it was really interesting yeah yeah i like that i think in this episode there has to be at least two cameramen maybe more yeah and i think that's pretty much true throughout the whole series it's never that there's one because there's always two different storylines going on like michael and ryan are in their car in the car cleaning it while there's stuff going on in the office obviously and so but do we know that for sure that there's stuff happening at the exact same time or is it do you just like miss what's happening when they're not there yeah i think the way that they cut it makes it seem like it's happening at the same time but yeah it's possible that it could have been happening at different times yeah well this one still definitely has the thing where it's like looking at a character and then it you know, zips over, looks mm-hmm. at a different one. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah. I love the camera work in this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's go straight into There Is No Stanley Tree, <laughs> where we look at the characters and what kind of character traits they're getting. Because we started off and these were just a bunch of nobodies, but now There's we're getting somebody's. to know them. Yeah. I read an interesting article about why people love The Office and rewatch it over and over again. And one of the theories was because there's so many different characters and you get to know them that you have different reactions to events that are happening. And I've been thinking about that since I read it and it makes, it makes sense. It's like you get, you have different people that you relate to more at different times and the way they're reacting to the same thing. Whereas a lot of shows that's not necessarily true. It's people are really just absorbed in what they're doing. But in the office, a lot of the characters are not integral to what's the main plots most of the time. But they are still highly aware of the plots. Yeah, and still reacting to it. I mean, this is a great example of that. Because yeah. you have one event that, that's happened where Katie is coming into the office. And then you have like 15 different reactions to it. Yeah. And things happening because of that. So, yeah, I really like that. So, that like, they have lines and stuff. It's not like they're not... Yeah, it's not like they're background actors. They do have perspective, but they're also not driving it you know yeah it's really cool i i like that perspective because it kind of reminds me of 
each person is like a facet of a personality trait that you as the viewer might have like mm-hmm. your reaction could be to katie coming in as self purses could be you know half michael half um pam so you like feel like oh she's kind of cute but you also feel like oh little competition you know and so like mm-hmm. each person is a different like part of a whole it's like michael's the mitochondria uh pam is the endoplasmic reticulum like we're all parts of this cell that's working together to create this whole thing that's going on okay they're all working together and they're also fighting Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) yeah i guess that's true uh the, the article, by the way, is called Can You Be Addicted to Watching The Office? Here's Why You Actually Can't Get Enough by Leah Beck on Bustle.com. So I recommend checking that out. A really, like, garbage article came out this week as well. About Toby? Oh, Toby? Oh, the, the Toby um, Scranton Strangler theory? I was theory. like, that's already been discussed. Why are you writing an article about that? Today it came out. I was yeah, like, today. I was it like, was what? on news.google.com. Yeah, I know. And then the other one, which was them trying to say that in season one, that they set up the love triangle with the cameraman or the boom mic operator because it came down. You could see it slightly in view. And it's just the worst (laughs) speculation. (laughs) The worst fan theory. Just because of one little error. I mean, it's a documentary. Seeing the boom in a shot. Does not mean there's a love triangle being set up. No. Especially not that early on. Well, the way they framed it in the article, though, was like, oh, you have to read this theory about blah, blah, blah. And then you read it and you're like... They dropped an Easter egg in the first season for the last season. Yeah, I was like, well, that's a stretch. Don't read that article because I don't want them to get any more hits. Their little clickbaity headline has irritated us enough. Yeah, it really irritates me. Okay, so Ryan, he's cool. He's installing file sharing on the computers. He's reorganizing Michael's desktop to only be four folders, which is actually better, apparently. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have really any reaction to Katie. I just thought of that. I didn't really... He should have. He's more of a Michael-involved character this time. Like, he has to guard Katie's purses. Yeah. And interrupt his own job. And he is pretty eager about doing a special project, which I think he thinks is going to be something to help his career. But it's cleaning up the car. He's a good sport in this episode. I know. For being surprisingly pretty funny and giving some good looks. Yeah. A little under Beth, you know, how many filet of fishes did you eat? And he's like, that's over several but months. Still. Still. Yeah. Yeah. I like Ryan in this episode, surprisingly. Very good. Kelly's not here. But Kelly's she not She wrote nope. the episode, so give her a break. Yeah. Jeez. Kevin's got a comb over and he's very rude, rude. things to say. <laughs> That was really rude. I, I totally switched what I was saying in my sentence, but yeah. Yeah, Kevin tells Pam, she's prettier than you, though. Yeah, which just, like, solidifies the whole competition thing going on. I don't think that there would have been... It. I think um, Katie and Pam would have been great friends if it wasn't for all of the weird dynamics going on with the guys. Yeah. Toxic male culture. Yeah, toxic masculinity. The worst. And Kevin... It's open to learning, though. When she tells him that was very rude, he doesn't get defensive. He just reflects for a moment and oh. nods. Mm. He doesn't apologize. He's just no. like, hmm, that was rude. Yeah. Could be worse. Uh, so, yeah, what about Pam? Pam, 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 Pam burger with Pam. cheese and fries. 
Pink shake. <laughs> All those Pam puns. Oh my oh. god, they've been so many in this season. This season is the most. Pamela Ma Ding Dong. Wham Pam, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> Pam Pam. <laughs> Pam Pam. Yep. Um. So everyone's being rude to her. Michael says that that Katie is the new and improved Pam. That's inappropriate. I don't want to jump ahead to Michael, but why does he think that it's a good idea to do this? You can tell... To have Katie in the office? No. Well, yeah, that too. But to put down another woman in front of Katie when Katie's obviously talking to her. Like, that's not... She's not going to think that's cool. She's not going to be like, wow, well, that is flattering. Yeah. I know, especially because Katie seems actually like a really nice girl. Yeah, down to earth. Yeah. Catholic um, girl. Well, she went to Catholic school. Oh, yeah, that's right. Toby. Bishop, yeah. <laughs> Bishop Ward or something. That doesn't mean anything. Yeah, no. It, does. it actually could possibly mean the opposite. Yep. You know what that means. And there, she cheered. We don't know that yet. She probably did. We're going to just... Oh, we do know that. Oh, we know that from... Okay. I'm I was just going like, to say, I can see it. Katie's just a character now. Yeah, that's true. She's gonna be in the um, the office. She, she a doesn't while. work in the office, but he's no. She's like a Gail, or you know, yeah. Um, uh, we never see Stacy. I don't know. You know, she's like one of those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Pam, I just kind of feel bad for her in this episode. Seems like she can't catch a break, and it's obvious that she has feelings for Jim because you can see the jealousy. Yeah. And maybe it's not jealousy. It's more just like envy. Because she... At the end. Yeah. When they're pulling away in the truck. And when Jim tells Pam that he's going to take her out. And she's like, oh, what are you going to do? I think it's like sadness. I know. It is really sad. And then she tries to overcompensate by saying, oh, yeah, we're like brother and sister. We're best friends in the office. It's like, do you believe that, Pam? Well, she says that right after her and Roy reconcile, but before Jim is doing that. And after he says the thing about Katie, Jim says he's going to be taking Katie out. Then you see her putting on lip gloss. I know. And but, she, and then she's all embarrassed because the cameraman sees her. Which Oh, which is a great uh, uh, documentary doc- yeah. moment. That's true. One thing, this doesn't have a good section, but I wanted to bring up the kind of people not thinking of someone as like dateable for a while. And then it like coming up. And it happens twice in this episode. You could tell, like, Jim's just been there. He's like an like an asexual, friendly presence. Mm-hmm. But as soon as he gets to see him, like, actually flirt and, you know, turn on the charm a little bit and then that it works, that he, like, does want to date somebody, it's like, oh. And the same thing happens, I would say, with Angela and Dwight. Oh. Angela just thought of Dwight as this weirdo. But then she's in the room. Uh, Yeah, I was going to bring that up, too. She's in the room when Dwight asks Katie out. So even though he gets rejected, which is humiliating, you think that she sees something like Dwight wants to date someone. He's not he doesn't want to just be by himself all the time, which you could easily assume based on Dwight's behavior Mm -hmm. that he is like would be irritated to have another person around. Yeah, he does want to go on a date. And I think that's that's probably the first time she ever thinks of him in that way. Yeah, I I was thinking that too. That's definitely the start of something right there. Yeah. And Jim knows exactly when to go in and talk to Katie and exactly what to say too. That's true. He's yeah, he's a little charmer. Should we 
jump ahead Jim, and talk yeah. about Jim? And then we yeah. can come back to some of these others. Okay. So what do you have? Oh, well, Jim, um, I was going to talk about his interaction with Roy, where he's like, oh, you know, Roy's like, Jimmy, like, what do you, why don't you get down with Katie? Mm-hmm. And he's totally unfazed by it. He doesn't, you know, it's not like he's embarrassed or anything. He's just, oh, yeah, I'm like into moms and like, you know. You're being um, funny. Yeah. So, and after that basketball episode where there's a major competition between them, there's still some competition between them. And Pam gets caught up in the middle again. And I don't think that Roy sees Jim as a threat, but he sees him as just another dude who he can prove his manhood to. And it is a bummer that Pam has to be caught in the middle. It is. But later on, Jim is going to be caught in the middle. So. Yeah. So it's fair. <laughs> yeah. It all evens right. out. But yeah, you know, Roy does say way later he thought Jim might be gay. So maybe he forgot about this, but I think that's just kind of what he thinks. Yeah. I just. He thinks of him as, he, like Pam, like kind of a benign presence. Mm-hmm. Like funny guy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that he sees him. Like I said, as a threat, it's more just like, yeah. But maybe deep down he does. He just can't recognize it. Like he well, because he wants him to be dating someone. Because I think that yeah. would be kind of, it would be less weird that mm-hmm. you're always like talking to my my girlfriend. And have, oh. yeah, girl. Oops. Yeah. Dating. We're not dating. They're We're engaged. engaged for three years. <sighs> and... You know, he just wants that to happen. I guess we're kind of on Roy now. But his little, you know, he does his, like, what are you gay? And, like, says this disgusting about, I don't know, he doesn't, they're playing it up. He doesn't have a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. He, he does make Pam laugh, but it's, uh. It's, like, creepy to In a rogue physical way. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah. Roy has a huge part in this episode, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been in the last two episodes a lot more than. Then later on. That's true. And at the end, he's driving a green ranger. Yeah, which I could see. Yeah. And I can totally see Jim driving a Corolla, too. That's cute. It's a really nice car. (laughs) (laughs) I know. He's so self-deprecating. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jim has got the charm in this episode. He does. What else about Jim? Oh, so his big prank is encouraging Dwight. Not that mean. He doesn't really sabotage him. It's not like... Later, when he sabotages Andy, it's he, sab- he Dwight sabotages him a, himself. He sees this nice girl come in. Sure, she's attractive, but she doesn't deserve to date Dwight. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't true. wish that upon this like innocent person who just yeah. walked in. <laughs> yeah, he's just messing with Dwight, but I don't think it's like I don't think it's that evil, really. No, and he's got that like he's okay getting telling dwight to do this he thinks it's probably kind of funny he says that he should go ahead it's also gold to like talk about the history of your last name you know he's kind of encouraging but you get the feeling he wasn't planning on flirting with katie the whole day it wasn't until roy comes in tickles pam back into a uh, an engagement that he's like i gotta i gotta move on i gotta i gotta find someone I gotta update Pam 6.0, honestly. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of crazy how many times that happens that Jim is motivated by Pam and Roy's relationship. Like when they're gonna get married and he just plans a trip. Yeah. He doesn't wanna be a bother 
but he can't take it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's a sensitive guy. Yeah. But in the end, he does get the girl. So that's Jim. That's Jim for you. I wanted to talk a little bit about... Oh, so just some minor characters and their, their things. Stanley, he's got some great sass with them. I thought that was the incentive prize for the sales competition. And then he's like, it's very easy to clean. He's just like... <laughs> Like, so like he good. thought he was gonna get it anyway and he gets the call like yeah was that from the machine that was in your office <laughs> like i love stanley yeah me too he's so good toby we got a lot of information dump on oh yeah about toby but in like the worst possible way for toby, yeah, poor as soon toby. As, uh... and then they zoom in on the picture of his little girl which i th- i was like it looks like one of those pictures you would buy that comes in the frame right little photo frame model yeah he was divorced recently right slept in his car again a woman's not gonna find that attractive that you are just decimating and emasculating a person yeah i know that michael thinks that women are attracted to power but like he's being a bully with his power Mm -hmm. he's doing things that the only reason people would put up with that is because he's the boss Mm -hmm. because they have to yeah and we learned about Dwight's list. Creamy skin, curly hair, straight teeth, amazing breasts. Not, Not for, for him. him, yeah. For the shrewd babies, yep. which are very thirsty. <laughs> yeah. Disturbing. So even though everything that's on his list is something you could observe in one second. Mm-hmm. You don't have to talk to them. Yeah. It's not... Purely physical. His list does not include personality traits. No. He doesn't care. <laughs> So that's a little bit sad. There's also some random characters. Did you notice that? There's like people walking through the office and then one shot of just a woman who we've never seen before and never seen At the seen end. Again. Yeah. When he's talking about the different women, there's two women. Two different women. Oh. When he's talking about, when he's contrasting them with some cow he could pick up at a Oh, bar. yeah. It's an everyday stand. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting at the end that when he's saying that, that it shows women. From yeah. the office. Mm-hmm. But Angela's not there. Kelly's shows, not. No. Chose Meredith and... Um, Pam. Was it Pam? Meredith and Phyllis. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah. So, I think we should just go right into Michael. Yeah, you never expect you're the murderer. We already decided that Jim's not the murderer in this episode. But Michael might be. It's... What did we learn about Michael this episode? What did we learn that we haven't already learned? Loves the pirates. Oh, yeah. that's Or he's just trying to get under someone's skin. He's bad at listening. Yeah, bad at listening. Loves to sexually harass people. Yeah. So, he does a bad job in this this time of being a good person. Yeah. (laughs) He does a bad job at this time of being a good person. Oh, I mean... I hate when that happens. He's so rude. So rude. So selfish. Even not sexual harassment, but he wanted to give himself the sales prize. Oh my God. The sales for someone that does a good job at selling right now, like he was going to give him. The fact that he'd even think of that. Yeah. Is bad. Um, Yeah. He's he's... objectifying this woman. Obviously wishes that there was a window so he could look at her from his office. And. She just mentions a cup of coffee and he takes it to a whole nother level. I have an entire 
thing about this. About coffee? If you're ready. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. So here's uh, what I'm going to call a three-way relationship between Michael and Katie and coffee. (laughs) Katie asks for a cup of coffee. Then Michael says that she's a caffeine addict. (laughs) And then she implies that she only likes Starbucks. No, she didn't say that. It's all the information that he's projecting onto her because this is the only thing he knows about her. And instead of trying to figure more things out about her, he he just goes on this like rampage. So she says, no, that coffee's fine. And he insists, no, it's not. Then he makes an out of left field speech about being his own man. And taking down barriers. People putting him up, going to the beat of a different drummer. (laughs) Then he says, like, do you want basically you know caffeine or no caffeine high test or unleaded and she says bring it on i think that's the last thing she really puts into the coffee conversation Mm -hmm. that's not completely passive and he's like whoa yeah so then the next scene with coffee he says how was that coffee you know she's like fine he's like i knew it you guzzled it down then he reveals that he chose the work prize based on the coffee you know Mm -hmm. and on starbucks which she, by the way, has never even acknowledged she's heard of. Because he says they're everywhere, you know? Then he brags about the machine. Then he kind of offers to give her the coffee machine. Like, yeah. Don't tempt me to give it to you. Because I would. Yeah. Which So creepy. It's $1,000. And no, you can't do that. Then, uh, then he gives a speech about coffee and incentivizing people and how they used to do cocaine. That's like in a cutaway. But he's still on this coffee kick. Then he discusses all the features of the coffee machine. Then later on, he's talking to Dwight, and he's hypothesizing about this ride home he's giving her. And he says, maybe we stop for coffee. dot, dot, dot. The only thing he knows. Oh, my God. Like, he can't even extrapolate to, like, they would go to a bar or something. Yeah. It's all about the coffee. And then they're drinking the espresso, and he has to fight with Stanley. That's it. We don't really know that he learned anything else about her. He didn't. But he might be in love. Too early to tell. Too early to tell. I I would agree with him on that one. It's too early but you know what it's not too early for her to tell whether or not she loves him yeah she doesn't and not only does she not love him <laughs> she gives looks to the camera and asks pam not to leave she is yeah. freaked out by by michael i would be too and i don't think that i would accept a ride home i would be so excited if jim was like oh yeah i'll give you a ride home instead i'd be like thank god because i don't want to get in the car with michael especially sebring yeah, it would just be out there. Like, does anyone else? Yeah, I'd be like, hey, oh, actually, I would ask Pam. Sure. Yeah, somebody or call an Uber. But then, well, then they it'd be with Roy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But that's okay. You know, it's yeah, it, it's not okay. He's in this position of power. He's the only reason she's allowed to make money today, and it's built into every interaction they have that if she were too upfront, that he could kick her out of the office, and that would be that. And that's that, why it's so uncomfortable. And that's why it's ironic when he said women love power. Because mm-hmm. it's like, really, uh, you know what? I don't know. I could see Katie going on Twitter later and saying, hashtag me too. Yeah. Because that is just not cool. Yeah. If, yeah. if this were real, not not an okay situation. No. Do you think this episode would have been made today? Or do you think it... Because it's 2005. Mm-hmm. It's only about 13 years ago. But so that... much has come out like in the yeah. past year. I think that it would be harder to make it now. And it would it's not that you couldn't make it, but you'd have to be a little bit more into the consequences 
Michael doesn't yeah. get any consequences except he goes home sad. You'd have to be more into the consequences and I think you'd have to make it overt, more overtly like obviously inappropriate because there because right. a lot of it is just pretty questionable. Like it's a kind of a gray area because it's not like he says anything like outwardly, you know, where she could be like no, like stop that. It's not like he tries to like lean in and kiss her. That's true. This is really subtle and it is more emblematic of like the types of things that people see that you couldn't even necessarily always report them to HR yeah. very well. Like it wouldn't sound that good if you put it down on paper. Like it, yeah. Like if, if she were to say, Oh yeah, he wanted a window, mm-hmm. you know, cause it's like implying that he wants to look at her, but there's no like overt, like, Oh, I want to like just stare at you. all. Yeah. Day. You know what I mean? I wish there was a window so that the male gaze could get through. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Cause now there's a wall and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> proof yeah you know he's like not working today again yeah he's spending all day with or you know when he when they first come in we should say he says that he doesn't want to have her in the office because that's a distraction and then once he sees her then that's when everything changes and it is a distraction so many people don't work during the day including him especially so much more of a distraction than if it was a man selling person <laughs> I, i'd like to see that episode though. yeah that would be funny no but yeah he he was right it was a distraction he only you know went for it because he thought maybe he could date her you're right he's not being super aggressive it's just the power dynamic anyone yeah. else in the office can hit on her basically she's there he says no to dwight yeah and the... she would never say that to michael well, well she michael might, doesn't but... explicitly yeah ask her out either he's like he thinks something really cute is happening yeah, and he's trying to be he's trying to be uh charming. That's another part of it, is that he doesn't think he's being that no. he doesn't think he's the murderer at all. No, because he thinks that his uh you know, he doesn't see it as creepy. He thinks that she would like that. He's like hopeful. Yeah. He is so to like kind of switch. He's kind of being cute about it. Like he's so excited when she says that she take a ride home. He is missing all of her looks that show how uncomfortable she is by this and assuming some people are better at picking up on things like that than others you know yeah like like just some people it's because of like well they're so self-involved but other people literally are worse at it it's yeah it's a that's pragmatic thing but you know for for michael it's self-involvement it is he's not really bad at picking up on well i don't know because he does well, miss everyone yeah. in the office when they don't think like he's being funny he doesn't seem to yeah to get the depth of it but it's like his life has been so bad that it's like he's he's all off he doesn't even mm-hmm. know what it would look like to successfully flirt with someone yeah he should have had that window so we could see jim do it yeah <laughs> just for the future yeah. yeah but i mean jim's approach wasn't even you know it was flirty but it was like hey just like Tell me about these purses. You know, it was, mm. it was actually taking an interest in what she's doing. And... It, like a fake interest, probably. But yeah. it doesn't matter. She He definitely learned matter. more about no, what yeah. she knows about than Michael did ever. Yeah. The entire day. Yeah. And obviously, she thought he was cute already. Because when he walks in, she's like, oh. And that's what you'd be looking for to continue this. Yeah, exactly. And Michael and like, never got that. Laughing, Dwight never got that. Yeah. She was laughing about what he has to say, yeah. and, you know. And so he's prettier than they are, but he... He's way less creepy, too. Yeah, and that's 
whatever, that's life. But you also have to, like, notice. Jim could have, like, turned her off by trying to talk about the origins of his last name. Mm-hmm. And then she might have been yeah. like, oh, you're kind of cute, but there's yeah. lots of people are cute. Yeah, exactly. I don't have to date someone in this office. I wasn't, like, trying to decide out of you. Yeah. It just happened that Jim works in this office, and what a hottie. <laughs> so let's do the overrated, underrated... I will not be the one that got away segment where we talk about the AV Club review from the time. Talk about that real quick. Then we'll do the rating and the Dundee. That's right. Eric Adams of the AV Club awarded the episode a B plus. Adams largely praised Fisher's performance, noting that she, quote, helped build her character's arc every step of the way, end quote, in the series, and that several of her moments in Hot Girl helped to emphasize this point. Furthermore, he complimented the appearance of Katie, noting that she both causes a rift between Pam and Jim, but... Due to the confidence of Adam's performance and some hidden compartments in Kayling's script, she also has legitimate agency. I love that review. Yeah. I like how it focused on uh, Jenna Fisher and Amy Adams. Because I do think that Amy Adams' character has some agency Mm -hmm. in this episode. And I think that Pam's character is developed a lot in this episode. Pam Um, has agency too. Yeah, she does. Uh, it, it sucks. I think it sucks that she forgives Roy so quickly after mm-hmm. Roy uh, insults her and belittles her, essentially, but accidentally. It's that Pam chooses to not dress up, mm-hmm. and Katie chooses to dress up. Yeah, and both are totally fine. They're both fine, but Pam gets reminded why she doesn't dress up, and yeah. she's, <laughs> she thinks when it's she great says that Michael, Michael has somebody else to interact with, which means her ass. Yeah. I guess that is kind of a of a weird thing because it's like she's so resigned to this culture that she's going to go out of her way to avoid it. Well, she I mean, she thinks it's amusing that Katie hasn't. I really think that Pam does dress pretty professionally. I don't think that she's not dressing up. I think that she, I think she looks great. I mean, you know, she for her job as a receptionist at a paper company, she looks fine. Yeah, I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and Amy Adams. Early, early Amy Adams. I know, before even Doubt or Arrival. Yep. Anything. So, yeah, I thought that rating was good. I agree. B plus, yeah. That's good. But let's let's, let's convert it to R scale. Sure. Because who understands A, B, C, yeah, D? Yeah, I don't get it. We consider it to be more like the best is Pretzel Day. Second best, Beach Day. Third best, Alfredo's Pizza Cafe. Fourth best, A Little Stitious. Fifth best garbage. And the worst is this just stinks. It's a six point scale. What do you give? I'm going to give it Alfredo's Pizza Cafe. Okay. What do you give it? Are you giving it Pretzel Day? I'm going to give it Pretzel Day. With all the toppings? Yep. Wow. The works. Got it. The works. (laughs) Caramel drip. Chocolate chip. (laughs) Nice. I don't know why. I just really like this episode. Whenever I go back... I love season two, but I always start with the finale of season one because there's something about the episode that seems so effortless. There's not like a huge, um, I guess there is a pretty big gimmick, but it's not like a rote office gimmick. It's like a different idea. A lot happens with Jim and Pam and Pam and Roy. I don't think everyone's acting great in this episode, but I I like that. I like the the flaws in the characters are all coming out and it's not really awkward like i don't know just like the michael in in ryan in the car i think that's one of the best scenes 
in season one for sure yeah i just i think about it a lot i just i think the interactions are really coming into their own and i i like you know the performances but i also really credit mindy kaling's script i think this is a really good idea yeah and i think this episode is better having been written by a woman i think this would be a really uncomfortable episode to make if if a man had been like wouldn't it be funny if a hot girl came in and everyone's like treating it like objectifying her i think that's why the title of the episode is so good yeah just hot girl yeah it's yeah it's good um yeah i don't think i gave any of the episodes in season one pretzel day but don't worry i will be giving out pretzel days but they're rare and this is actually the first time i've given an episode a higher rating than you yeah that's true we've tied before but but you're usually you're usually tougher i think you gave the pilot episode garbage or something. <laughs> sorry not, gar- not just like garbage it's, it's garbage the cat yeah it just eats garbage yeah i think that episode eats garbage yeah <laughs> which doesn't sound great i was like oh this is gonna be rough <laughs> well who are we gonna give our dundies to do you have yours all picked out and ready to go i kind of wanted to wait until our discussion to see if it became more clear and mm-hmm. i don't think it did I so I'm going to probably give my Dundee to Katie. Whoa. Yeah, because I think that she did a great job. She got a date. She sold some purses. Yeah, that's she, why the bag was so much lighter at the end. She put up with a bunch of interactions. She got a ride home. And a drink. Yeah. I am i don't want to do this. I feel like he's going to get a big head, but I am going to give it to Jim. Mm, he's he's going to get a big head. <laughs> he's very pleasant. Yeah. This episode, his his ribbing is probably the best natured that we've seen. Mm-hmm. It makes sense that he got the date. I mean, he is going over to Pam and laughing about Dwight, and they're, like, acting it out, which I don't think is, like, the funniest thing. I Actually, I think his joke about, like, too late, Kev, when he says stay away from my mom, is actually kind of out of character for him. I mean, he's quick-witted, but that doesn't really seem like the kind of relationship he has with Kevin. Yeah, but he's in front of Roy, so he has to just kind of... Yeah. But, yeah, I think... Jim does deserve a Dundee. Yeah, he gets the girl. And mm-hmm. I think when he's when they're joking about the futon, that's pretty funny. And poor Jim. He looks so uncomfortable when Roy's tickling Pam. Yeah. They're like on his right desk. On his desk. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And he's just looking away. Yeah. Dundee for Jim, Dundee for Katie. And hopefully they make a love connection on their date. I'm changing my mind. Uh, what? I'm calling an audible. I'm giving the Dundee to Dwight. And I know he gets rejected, but because he's planting the seed with Angela, he doesn't know it. He shows great assertiveness in this episode. Uh, he's He tells Michael what's what. He tells Michael about the icons being better, or the folder being better than the icons. He realizes that Michael is not his relationship boss, and he goes for it, even without Michael's permission. And he gets a cute purse. And you know what? Sometimes you try and fail... That's okay. He was very... He didn't do anything really bad like he's been doing most of the season so far. You know? Yeah, I think that's well-deserved. But it was a hard one to decide this time. Yeah. There was no clear heroes. Yeah. There are some clear murders, but... (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, that was a great episode. And we're done with season one. I'm sad. I'm, I'm ready. Yeah, actually, I am too. Next week, we're going to be back with season two. The Dundies. Oh, is it the Dundies? Who are we going to give the Dundie to on the Dundies? 
That'll be tricky. Yeah, that will be tricky. And yeah, send us an email at the podcast at gmail.com and let us know what you thought of the first season and let us know what we should do for a second season. Yeah. Um, Which segments do you think are working out or not working out? I heard some feedback that our rating scale is confusing. I get that. I, I don't get it. I, I think it's very clear. Every time it's the same, it's been very consistent. I think if you listen in order, it's probably the whole thing makes sense. But I do think we're probably getting worse about explaining the different segments and oh. stuff like that. We're just kind of like running through them. But I think that's necessary. We can't do that each time. Yeah. But let me know. Let us know. Do you think we should keep doing the segments like that? Or should we just like drop the... The rating? Let let it drop the like what they're called and stuff, and just like make it more clear and and go through. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see what people think, but or if they care. It's been a great first season. Yeah, it has. Looking forward to the second season. And now you know so much about us. Mm Mm-hmm. A little bit every uh, week. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's season one. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. My name's Nathan. I'm Addie. Off five out. Unless you have something else to say. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently not. Yay! We did it. Sex in the City, the original articles, you know, Mm -hmm, the book. mm -hmm. It was really good. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I can't believe I watched that whole series in like two months. Yeah, I think I've watched it twice. (laughs) And I love the show and I like the first movie and I love the second movie because it is the worst thing. I've never (laughs) seen the movies. The second movie is so bad. It's amazing. That's awesome. It's that like special kind of big budget bad. Fifty Shades Free. Yeah, you have to see it.